Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. To Kentucky Roll Call. On the Big X Sports Radio, I'm Nick Rouse. TJ Walker's over there somewhere. Roll Call. And this is 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. I love that we we came back. We started a little sluggish. But I think everybody's starting sluggish after the Christmas holiday. Um, And Scoots, I don't know about you, but every Christmas holiday is never long enough. That's true. However, this one... This one with the days that it fell on, I was okay with it. Got to sleep in three days in a row. It was on the weekend, so we just got an extended weekend. I'm, I'm okay with this Christmas. But yeah, I agree. Most of the time's not long enough. Did, did you have a Merry Christmas, I Mr. did. Scoots? Yeah, I did. A lot, of times with fa- a lot of time with family, a lot of gifts that I didn't need that I tell my family every year that I don't need, but I still get them anyways. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was, it was just nice to have some time off and not have to think about anything. So what was a gift that you didn't need that you got? Um, a blender. Oh, you definitely need a blender, Scoots. I, I need to learn some blender recipes is what, what my real issue is. Who got yeah. you a blender? Uh, my parents. My mom. My dad. She knows you like margaritas. You can, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> you can get your salsaritas and uh, take it to go. Come and on. And make margaritas at home. I'm in. Sign me up. A blender is a strange gift to give somebody that didn't ask for a blender. Exactly. Yeah. That is that is, that is a little weird. Oh, it's a blender. <laughs> Yay. Scoots, I would like to see your 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 fake excitement cadence from a present. <laughs> no, I'm I mean I get excited for it all. Like it's it's still exciting, but yeah, I don't just don't really need a blender. <laughs> that, is a, that is a funny, that is a that is a funny gift. Could you all hear me at the start of the show? We could not. No, oh, you're good no, to go now. That was really strange. Uh, nothing was unmuted, and I was like, okay, I should be hearing the intro at this point. I uh, couldn't hear anything, and then just restarted, and and I heard the sweet sounds of Nick Roush that I hadn't heard for a while. Uh, I was out to end last week, well, the end of our week, which was on Thursday. 
So it's almost been a week since I've done radio. Uh, have missed you fellas and have missed the radio audience as well. It's been a busy few days. But the one thing I did like about this Christmas weekend, and you both can tell me if you agree or not, was I felt like the cold weather kind of made everybody slow down a little bit. And maybe on the flip side, you could be like, oh, no, everybody was sped up for us because they just wanted to get back to a blanket in their own living room. But I don't know. It seemed like everybody spent more time together because people just didn't want to have to get out into the cold. Um, You know, maybe some parties, maybe this was also it. Some parties, you'll have people outside, inside, going inside and outside and running around. And with the cold, everybody was just kind of forced to be closer to one another. Uh, and it felt like more like Christmas with it being chilly out there. So all in all, I I, I really liked it. Even with the cold weather, it was a, a great Christmas weekend. Uh, I heard you all kind of talking about it to start. But uh, what, what did you all think about the weather? I just wish it would have been uh, a little bit warmer. So like, you know, you could go out and play in the snow, make a snowman or something. But it was, I mean, Duke almost like instantly starts like making like sad crying noises when he when that cold hits and it's like one degree outside um it it did get a, a little bit warmer uh, yesterday afternoon so if the snow sticks around today there there might be a snowman in our forecast but um th- that that was really my only beef because like it, i mean it was like actually bone chilling cold and you couldn't couldn't even have fun with the snow but it was uh it still was pretty to have a, a white christmas um i also did have a really bad dad move too where uh you know, I, I I shoveled the the pathway to our cars, but there was one really stubborn patch of ice, and Duke just doesn't know what ice is on the ground. Like he he just hasn't seen that before, right? So it, it's it's a new concept to him. Was not holding his hand. He just stepped. I said, "Watch out!" And he just stepped directly on it and busted his butt. And I. I felt Ooh. like a, a a real real putts, real putts for for letting him do that. That that's on me, Duke. My bad, my bad, man. I tell you what, that, go ahead. Scoot. I was just gonna say, I walked outside this morning and thirty degrees felt more like sixty five. Holy smokes! Yeah, that's gonna be the thing today. It's warming up, but still probably on average a little colder than than most days this time of year. But it's a little. But I don't know. Probably right around average, all things considered. Yeah, it's gonna feel like seventy though, and that's gonna that's gonna be really really nice. And when you were mentioning the cute but sad noise he makes when he gets out into negative fifteen degree wind chill, couldn't help but think, I can't put my arms down. I can't put my <laughs> arms down. I was able to watch pretty much all my Christmas favorites this year, except for Jingle All the Way and Scoots. I never did hear Hippopotamus for Christmas organically on radio. Wow. So I'll get to look forward to both those things next Christmas and, and holiday season. And Roush, I was also going to say that as well. I had to do a little bit of work yesterday, driving around, doing this, that. And probably the fewest snowmen you'll ever see in the history of Louisville with the amount of snow given. People in Louisville, you could get – you can get a quarter of an inch and they'll still try to go out there and find a way to put together a little snowman. I haven't seen one and it's because nobody wants to go out in negative 20 degree weather and do that. But you are right. You'll get an opportunity today. I will say if you don't do it today, you can kiss a goodbye tomorrow. So uh, if you'll be up against the clock for any snow activities today. Yeah. Our parents got a sledge for the kids, which was really nice, but like we, 
we didn't go use them because it was way too cold. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I hope everybody out there also had a great Christmas weekend celebrating whatever you celebrate. And we're, we're happy to be back for one final week here in 2022. UK quiet from the basketball standpoint over the last few days. There's things to talk about. Uh, I never really got my analysis in from the game last week. People were not happy with you two with the negativity and (laughs) how toxic the show was on Thursday while poor TJ was in bed, not feeling well. Uh, No, but we, we don't, I think the text line will, the Thornton's text line will rehash that a little bit. But besides that, not really a ton of UK basketball news to get to plenty of UK football news as the bowl week has started. The team down in Nashville, unless I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they're down yeah, there. Yeah, they got down there yesterday. Yeah, uh, so we'll be down there all week. You'll have some of the fun festivities that go on with bowl week. First practice this afternoon. Are they doing a week eating contest? 2.45. I don't know. I, I have no, – I don't know. They don't do a whole lot of – like most bowls, they have like all of these like pre-game festivities and there's just there, there, not a lot of that there's a battle of the bands so there's that um yeah the the music city bowl i say whatever they did in the citrus bowl last year like whatever fun traditions they have which would sound like they have to be better than by the Much music better. city bowl just yeah. by process of elimination. I don't even know the Citrus Bowl could have just had a chess tournament or something. It still probably would have been better. I don't know what they did. Just do whatever they did last year and be like, hey, rematch, rematch. It'll be fun. Just do the old same thing. Yeah. Maybe go to Bave and Dusters. Uh, you do. That'd be fun. You, you could have like the go to Top Golf. The racing games. Yeah, Top Golf. Although, uh, does Top Golf work if there's snow on the ground? Good question. I don't uh, know if that I, technology. You probably wouldn't get as much roll. But I'd imagine the bay, like the or the little scoring centers, are probably heated, or maybe no, they're not heated. But maybe they can clear those off, and you still get your scoring system. So at that point, you're not going to roll into one of those bad boys. You just got to hit it on the fly. Really separate the uh, the the men from the boys in Top Golf. Oh. The women from the little girlies. Um, we 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 do have some bowl games to watch today. That is one thing that like. It stinks that we're kind of getting back into it because it, it felt like most people did just do a four day weekend sort of deal, or if they did have a little bit of work on Monday, it was light work. Um, now there's people forced to go back to work, but we have four bowl games today starting at noon, just all day long. You can just turn on ESPN and there will be a bowl game on your television, which is great. It's just not. Uh, the 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 football and basketball on Christmas was a great like okay I'll just throw this on in the background while we hang out and you know do whatever because like that's it's easy like it's just a, it was a nice uh, comforting background noise and I, I very much enjoyed it. I haven't been able to get into the bowl games and like I I hate being I I hate even saying that like get into the bowl games it's football just have it on and enjoy it I just I haven't I don't know. Outside of the U of L game, I really haven't watched much college football Damn. at Western Kentucky a little bit, but that ended up being a blowout. Yeah, like Missouri and Wake and Houston and Louisiana, I, I wasn't feeling well, so it just had those on. Houston game was okay, but their jerseys were too similar, and it really was ticking me off. Uh, um, they got a nice late push, though. That was. Uh... 
Man, I that that's the thing that's been great. Like you just haven't can gamble on enough, TJ, because they've been really like there was a couple there's been a couple uh close, but man, one of the numbers I had Baylor Air Force uh Thursday night and it was that was the the ice ball, 12 degrees. It was the coldest bowl game since the 1958 Bluegrass Bowl, which how could people forget that game at the fairgrounds? Uh, but that game, I had the under. It was under 43 and a half. And Air Force almost got it single-handedly. Uh, it was a 30-7 to seven game with a couple minutes left. Air Force gets stopped on fourth and two inside the Baylor 20 with like four minutes left. And you're like, okay, Baylor hasn't scored all night. Surely that they'll just maybe get a first down or two, kick it back to Air Force. Air Force runs out the clock. I can sweat out this under and get a win. The first play, Baylor gets the ball back. It's like a 70-yard completion. <laughs> they get it down inside the red zone. They end up scoring with two minutes left. So it's it's the under is alive, but they're going to go for two. So it comes down to one play, a two-point conversion for the over, for the under. Quarterback scrambles. He dies to the end zone. He straight, stretches the ball out. And two-point conversion is good. Over hits on a diving like oh it was it was it was a brutal beat teach it was a it was a really really brutal beat hey that's gambling baby but i got it back with that push on houston the other night which i didn't really get it back but you know you you just feel like you, you take that's a true. win there i had i had wake um so i i think I, i've just been doing semi well i had the quick lane ball on yesterday and um it was almost like the Monday Night Football game where it was just a bunch of really crazy turnovers that made it exciting. Even though there wasn't points, it's like, oh my gosh, so many turnovers. This is fun. Uh, even even not great football, I've learned to appreciate this holiday season because uh, sadly, we're running out of football, uh, not only from the college aspect, but is, is ne- next week's the regular season finale? Is that right? For NFL? Was this no. week 16 or 17? No, we got two more weeks. Okay, okay. Two more regular seasons. And I was going to say, don't feel bad, college football, meaningless, stupid ball games. Uh, the NBA didn't get uh, even a, a glance from old TJ's eye on yeah. uh, this weekend. Not even, for, not even on the TV for a split second was the NBA. And it did just remind me that I used to watch NBA on Christmas Day because there was literally nothing else on. But when you get the good old-fashioned NFL – and you get the Green Bay Packers still alive. Wow. That, that was great. That really did, like, you know, I think family probably made my, if I'm ranking, all right, let me think about this on the fly here. Power yeah. rankings of best things to happen on Christmas. One, Green Bay win. Two, three, seeing family. Two, see, getting presents. Three, seeing family. Four, uh, we'll just stop it at three right there. No, but in however you rank them, the Green Bay win really was just an added boost to uh, an already phenomenal day. But this season, there hasn't been a ton of Packers games that I've been like days in advance looking forward to. But throughout this little win streak that Green Bay's been on, I I've very early on in and I said, okay, well, let's look at the schedule. You lose this one, it's all over. But if you win, and then you win that one, and then you find a way to win this one, and then you will be at home for this one and this one. Okay, like that's kind of exciting. There's something to, and it's actually like kind of happening, or at least the so far, each piece is yeah. a puzzle is coming together. It's all coming together, and it's made a pretty 
disappointing and underwhelming season, it's at least given me something at the back end where for the last couple of weeks, I've just said like, all right, Green Bay, just win. And if you win, then I can at least have another week to be excited about football. And this past one, it was, all right, Green Bay, win. And then I can go into 2023 and be excited about a football game. And this weekend, it's against the Vikings at home. But if Green Bay beats the Vikings at home, and then next week they beat the Lions at home, they should be in the playoffs, assuming the Commanders would would drop one of their final two games. They host the Browns, so they're probably winning that one. And then they host the Cowboys. Would you think Dallas would win that one? But not a guarantee. So got some exciting finishes here. And and, and my weekend, while – while in the background, wasn't totally focused on it, was the NFL, with the exception of the Packers game, which I was totally focused on, and was a really, really exciting game. I think Tua just threw another interception. Although, I mean, it was a good, yeah. him, another concussion, that's pretty scary, three in, three in a year. Although, well, one, how do you, of, maybe not a concussion, but who am I to say? How do you get in concussion protocol like uh, two days after the game, too? That's, uh, that part's also weird to me. Yeah, that's a good point. Didn't really um, think about that. That's a, that's a fair point. Um, maybe that they're just like that's why he threw the three interceptions is because he had a brain injury, not because he was just making terrible throws. Man, they were pretty terrible throws, though. Yeah, they were very bad. Uh, the Jair Alexander interview post game was very funny. That was really funny. I feel yeah. like now we need to probably play it. Oh well, Scoots, did you watch the Jair Alexander? I'll, I'll try to find it. Yeah, I, got I, it. I saw I'm it. it. Okay, I'm sending it over. Yeah, it, it amused me. It very much amused me. Uh, yeah, he's funny, but it was a nice win. It's nice to have something to to be excited about. Maybe you Steelers fans someday will know what I'm talking about. Oh, you take out your suck it, pal. You take out your suck it, and you suck it. Hey, we got to win. So yeah, you can suck it. Yeah, I I was admittedly confused because I thought all of the games are going to be played on Christmas Day, and when <laughs> I saw Red Zone on on Christmas Eve, I was like. Wait, red zone on a Saturday? I I, got, I was just watching the Bengals uh, just put it on. Uh, I forgot who, who, whatever the local. Uh, Patriots. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, well, I thought this was going to be a different game on. It turns out there was a ton of them happening at the same time. And then an absolute just wild Christmas Eve game between the Patriots and the Bengals, which uh, I know the Bengals fans were very excited about to come away with a win, but I literally, that was one of those situations. I know there was other people out there that were in the same boat. That was a look away from the TV for a second and be like, wait, what? The Bengals have the ball? Because that happened to me. I got up to like go grab a Christmas cookie at my dad's house or something. And I came back and since he had the ball and I was like, what, what did I miss? They were like, you didn't see the fumble on first and goal. And I was like, well, apparently I didn't, but uh, that was a wild game. NFL. It's just such a great product right now. They also uh, that that was happening like the end of that game was happening while we were at church, and so after after the game, my cousins were recapping. Like, oh my gosh, did you see that? All that is like, no, I, I was I was sitting in the pew in front of you. Did you? So, well, you know, uh, man, my, my daughter she she had to have the phone out. You know, we had to keep her busy. It's like, oh yeah, that's what it was. She was the one watching the the Bengals, the end of the Bengals game. <laughs> that, yeah, that that is funny. Well, uh, it was a lot to recap from a professional standpoint. We need to kind of switch gears, talk a little Kentucky football. We did have some news there. We want to get to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You send it in. You all know how much we love Thornton's. You will as well. One final week of 2022. Make sure you're stopping in Thornton's and redeeming all your 
Thornton's Refresher Rewards and all their sweet offers that they have going on. But one final thing from the holiday weekend, Scoots and I were sent a very interesting picture, a intimate one-on-one conversation between one uncle and his favorite nephew. Nick Roush got some alone time with Jeff Brom. He's going to tell us what was discussed, what was talked about, the intimate family details when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Galen. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. No, I could get a fish for a five-cent worm. Oh, you're paying way too much for worms, man. Who's your worm guy? Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96. Oh, 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, Kentucky Roll Call goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, replay of the show 9 to 11. Uh, some days we do take off around the holidays, but normal weeks, Monday through Friday, and replay of the show 9 to 11. You can find Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call, leave a rating, leave a review. That'd be a nice holiday present to your favorite radio show in Southern Indiana. Roush, I did. We did see that picture. You wanted a caption contest. Uh, what what was discussed between you and and new U of L head coach Jeff Brown? Oh, lots of things. We solved the world's problems. Um, there was a, a, a funny moment. We play uh, we play Family Feud each year, and it's it used to be back in the the good old days. We had like an actual Family Feud board game. Um, that I think we slowly started to memorize the answers and it became very contentious. Well, now uh, each year we we just create the questions uh, using like a PowerPoint type format thing, uh, for lack of a better term. But it has it has the Family Feud game board. We we everybody gets down. They smack their hand in the middle. It's a lot of fun. Uh, well, this year my brother was the MC, and one of the categories he selected was. Uh, best uh, coaching or best hires on the coaching carousel in 2022 and uh i think he put satterfield first <laughs> that's <laughs> really was, funny yeah which was uh pretty funny it was also kind of funny too because uh jeff was just i mean the the, the guys it's it's always boys versus girls the girls always cheat um we catch them and then we cheat even better and Jeff was positioned perfectly behind this, like, kind of support beam, and he kept kind of whispering, Matt Rule, Coach Prime. You know, he was just rattling them all off because, I mean, it's kind of his job to know where everybody's moving around. But that, that, was, that, was, that was good old-fashioned clean family fun. That sounds nice. That's good. Well, did you, did you mention the, the press conference incident? I did. Said where you, did you say you demand – some justice, an apology. Some, I think they I think. they all agreed that uh, Rocco made a good decision by silencing me, which I just uh, that's concerning. Well, yeah. I know what the next installment of the Twitter files is going to be. It's going to be U of L media cover up. 
you're going to be included in that one, buddy. I don't like that at all. I was hoping they were going to have your back and say, you know what, we're going to talk to Rocco. Yeah, I, they, I, I'm just feels like the old regime back in power. I mean, mm, slap I a turtleneck on Josh Hurd and that <laughs> just start the dictatorship back over again. Great, he's going to start bullying people, pitting people up against walls and radio stations. That's not that's not what we want to do. Throwing Miller lights across the room. <laughs> And you're not going to be in the select group invited to his hot tub to celebrate Orange Bowl wins either. <laughs> That's true. That's true, folks. Tom Jurich invited a group of like seven male media members, and they all were just hanging out in the hot tub together after the Orange Bowl win. Just having a real good time. Cigars, bourbon, rouse, you name it. Those boys were tying one on in that hot tub. They were having a grand old time. <laughs> But what stays in the Miami hot, what happens in the Miami hot tub and talked about in the Miami hot tub stays in the Miami hot tub, except for now. Now it's out. Everybody knows about it. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, Roush, we'll talk more about it tomorrow in detail. I'm incredibly excited for the UK-Missouri basketball game tomorrow. I think Missouri has one of the more underrated home floors in college basketball which is cool has nothing to do with the game but i just wanted to get that out there and also just mentioned kentucky's is horrible again new arena um and like people forget that missouri had a good basketball tradition but seemingly when they came to the sec they just have sucked so oh yeah this might be their chance to turn around they're 11 and 1 they just beat the snot out of illinois which I know that was a big win for them. Nice rivalry game after getting the snot beat out of them by Kansas. That's their only loss this season. Although, here's the problem, TJ. Still can't tell you the name of Missouri's head basketball coach. Yeah, that, see, uh, that's that's tough for a lot of people. What if I told you it was Dennis Green? Who? Like the the the, the guy from the Arizona Cardinals? The We are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Dennis Gates, sorry. Oh, okay. Would have been a lot funnier if it was Dennis Green still. R.I.P. Dennis Green. Uh Dennis Gates. What where did Dennis Gates come from? I mean, I I knew Kim Anderson was gone, but how long has he been gone? What Dennis Gates? <laughs> Pretty sure Kim Anderson has been has been was replaced after with Kwanzo Martin. Oh, Kwanzo. That's who's been there recently. Where where the hell is Kwanzo Martin at now? He's one of those guys, too. I always thought it was like, you know what? He's a better coach than people give him credit for. But turns out, nope, he's probably just exactly as good as you, we thought he was. No, not, I, not I totally agree. I uh, I always thought he kind of got a bad bad shake at Tennessee. But since he's been gone, Tennessee's been really good. And then I was like, all right, well, if he could if, – if he could do all right at Tennessee, then he could he could do all right at Missouri too. Similar basketball schools, uh, all things considered, similar resources for their basketball programs. Nope, no, no, you just yeah. kind of stunk. Um, and then, yeah, they are. They're, they they've got a good squad this year. I think you could make a case and say maybe they should be ranked where Kentucky's ranked, and maybe Kentucky should be the not ranked team. Or well, surprised they didn't get into the AP poll this week. Well. If they win tomorrow, they will certainly be ranked the following week, and, and rightfully so. I, I think they probably should be. I think both probably should be ranked. Like I said, probably you know twenty and beyond somewhere in that ballpark. But they're they're a solid basketball team. Kansas kind of took them, 
took them for all they were worth. But besides that, they've been they've been solid. Uh, we'll talk more about the X's and O's for that game. But boy, Roush, if UK were to lose, people are going to freak out. Yeah, yeah, and they're uh they score a ton of points. I think they're top ten in the country, averaging like ninety points a game, something like that. So they're Kentucky's going to have to get up and down. There's just really no way around it. So I. Yeah, yeah. There, there's going to be a lot of unexpected pressure in that game, but you, you just hope that the first – I guess this is the first true road game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you, I mean, the Gonzaga won all intents and purposes. but Yeah, okay. But, like, you, you, you that would think that they well, would – Whether you want to consider that a true road game or not a true road game, that did not go well. So this is a little chance at, mm-hmm. at redemption in, yep. in another hostile environment. It's already a sold-out crowd. Uh, the students are away for Christmas break, but they've got enough that, that it is a sellout. So it's going to be a – and that's going to be a big game for Missouri. They got Kansas at their own place, and they got – again, did not go well. It was a blowout. They'll be thinking about redemption. All right, well, we couldn't do it with Kansas. Can we do it with Kentucky? They're maybe not as far along as Kansas right now. We can get them. It'll be a huge moment for Missouri basketball and Kentucky. If they're not ready for it, they'll add another loss, and the fan base will be more toxic, and people will be more frustrated and more mad, and it won't be a pretty situation. Roush, you can almost make the case that, like, we all – said the Missouri game, well, that will be a win, and I still think it should be a win, but I do think it's probably going to be a very close game. But we all said, all right, Missouri game, whatever, that one should be a win, and then you get rival Louisville. It's almost like you still – you just need to look at this week a little differently, where that U of L game usually is the big one. Everybody gets super amped up for it. It's All eyes are on that game. Well, all eyes aren't going to be on the UK-Missouri game, but that one is the more – that one's the bigger one. That one's the big contest. And the Louisville one, you could sleepwalk through and you're still going to win by 20 points. I get it. When the game comes, it'll be a big deal. But it's almost like these games have kind of flipped what we thought they were going to be in the summer when we were looking at UK schedule, which, of course, didn't come out until late fall, so we wouldn't have been doing that in the summer. But the point still stands. These games have kind of flipped where the importance needs to be on tomorrow – and then on the weekend, I know it's U of L. That one will take care of itself. Tomorrow night is a huge game for UK basketball. Uh, you don't. I, I don't know if I'm ready to put it in the must-win category, but I also don't want to think about the uh, what what the vibes are around the fan base if they do lose to open SEC play, because this feels like the kind of game that that Kentucky's going to lose throughout this regular season, like. Uh, Quality SEC opponent sold out arena on the road. It's going to be tough. So I, I, I don't know where the fan base is going to be if it doesn't go I mean, uh, I the way we want it to. I know where it'll be. People are going to be people will lose their minds. It'll be ugly. It'll be nasty. The Thornton's text line will people will not be happy with everything. And to some degree, I'll I'll understand it. Four losses before. January is not anything any of us predicted. I think at most, most people were at two, uh, if even even if even that high. So people are going to be really, really, really mad if UK loses tomorrow night at Missouri. For me, Roush, you meant you know you mentioned the I'm not going to say a must win thing, and I, it's not a it's not a must win. If they lose to Missouri, that's all right. Uh, that's probably the type of season, at least from what we've seen these first two months, 
Kentucky's going to have. They'll trip up on the road here or there, most likely. They'll take care of business at home. They still haven't had that big home game. Uh, but, yeah, you could you, you lose to Missouri. You could definitely lose at Alabama. You could definitely lose at Tennessee. You could have three SEC road losses before that Kansas home game at the end of January. Wouldn't be anything we predicted at the beginning of the season. But team needs to step it up. This is a good opportunity for them. You win. I, I will certainly sell it as a pretty big win because I think it will be. I think this team just needs to do something well away from Rupp Arena, uh, continue to beat teams with a pulse. Uh, this Missouri team has a pulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky's maybe only done one of the, one of those, maybe only done that once this season with that Michigan game. But uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'm very excited. I kind of wish it was tonight, to be honest with you, that old Tuesday, get back to the Tuesday games. But It'll make tomorrow better, but that's a big game for the Cats, and we'll we'll break down Missouri a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, I was looking up to see where things stood with the Scoots Eastern Michigan bet. I don't I don't know if I can find it. I don't know if I can find Eastern Michigan's record. Have they uh, not played a game since the Detroit win? I don't think they've played since since their last game. No. No, had a nice holiday break. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll okay, look, I'll look right. into it more. Oh, no, am I right? They're three and nine. Sweet. They play at uh, South Carolina on Friday. Let's get it. The fighting uh, Porter Mo- No, Shamar Porter fighting. No, that's not him. Not Porter Moser. Not Shamar. Por- at least you didn't say Frank Martin. <laughs> yeah, I know. Gosh, I can see his face. Uh, what's his name? You're gonna get it. <laughs> Porter, J.P. Porter, J.T. Porter? Lamont Paris. Lamont Paris. Damn it. There's a P in there. Too obsessed with Porter. I'm going to remember his name once. Okay, it's going to happen. Scoots, do you have that Jair Alexander clip pulled? I do. Yeah. You ready to hear it? I just figured we said we were going to play it. We may as well play it. Here's what Jair Alexander said after Green Bay's very exciting win over the Miami Dolphins on Christmas Day. Here we go. Let's talk. To go. Uh, tell me about this defense today. You guys really brought it. What kind of statement does this make for your group? Oh uh, man, it's pretty big, man. I mean, coming into this game, we knew it was, you know, playoff football. Uh, you know, the first half they got us with some explosive, but we prevailed. We figured out, you know, it's a game of chess, not checkers. We figured it out, and boom, got a dub. Uh, it's going to be fun watching the film on this one with so many guys involved and active. Your pick. Walk us through that play. What happened and how'd you grab it? Oh, man, that's easy. So I'm just lining up. I seen number 10 motion oh, over. Hey, Jones. Here. I seen number 10 coming across the field. I said, oh, snap, he fast. So I bagged off. When I bagged off, I seen him coming. He ran right in front of me. I was like, wow, is he really overthrowing it? Huh? Took it down the sideline, turned up with my guys, gave the football to a little kid wearing 23. I love it. Merry Christmas to you. I don't even have more to say. Hey, that was Merry fantastic. If you sell it, there you have it. Great Pretty stuff. Good. Pretty good. You enjoyed Scoot? <laughs> yeah. So I heard this yesterday, and my favorite part is when he's like talking about Tyreek Hill coming across the field, and he's like, oh, man, I do fast. <laughs> <laughs> And then he just gives kind of a whoo. <laughs> I was like, no way the ball is going to be so to going that high, overthrowing it that much. Good stuff. Good stuff there from the U of L Cardinal. Roush football. 
Iowa's going to not have any idea what to expect under center from UK, and the Hawkeyes are going to have to be on their toes. Oh, yeah. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be <laughs> Destin Wade? Is it going to be Kaya Sharon? Is it going to be Deuce Hogan? Nobody knows. It's nebulous. And Iowa, they're probably just like, oh, my gosh, it could be, well, we better prepare for this one. Uh, we better prepare for that one. And we need to, the defense is going to be shaking in their boots as they get out there in the Music City Bowl, not knowing who's going to be under center. A real three-headed monster quarterback for the Cats. Uh, who do you think it's going to be? Destin Wade. It's, it's been, I mean, they'll probably play uh, another one or two. But, um, yeah, all indications are that Destin Wade's going to get a significant amount of those snaps. But I, that actually, I know most folks probably pay attention to that when they did release the depth chart yesterday. But I'm a little bit more intrigued down the depth chart because when I was going through uh, long story short, it's 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 better for internet and Google search if you have names written out instead of just a picture of the depth chart. So for each week when I would show the depth chart, I would just copy and paste last week's into the new one and make the one or two changes, right? That, that was typically all it was, one or two changes. And then you you go on your, your, your happy and merry way. There was only three positions that did not change at all. And that was the outside, the two outside linebacker spots and the center position. Everywhere else, there was some sort of subtle change. And a lot of that is the the guys that were the twos hit the portal, uh, especially a wide receiver. Um, but also there's just there's just a lot of injuries where guys were playing through stuff all year. And then it's just like, okay, I'm we're just going to go ahead and get this taken care of. There's no reason to continue to play through this injury. Like uh, Brandon Bates tore his labrum before the season even started and just went ahead and had surgery on it. Um, so I, I think I counted as many as seven players that are out with either injury or opt-out. I know DeAndre Square, he missed uh, much of the second part of the season uh without uh you know while dealing with injury came back got his 300 tackle on senior day but will not be in the the bowl game but even though they're they're so like the the one side of the coin tj um and it's the side of the coin i'm sure many will take is like oh this bowl game oh, who's gonna uh, no, these aren't even the real guys like what's the, this is a crap bowl game oh, this is terrible it is it's going to be kind of exciting to see some of the other players and what makes this opportunity unique for them, especially a guy like Jatom McLean, like Maxwell Harrison. They had players ahead of them opt out and they've been recruited over already in the transfer portal. Kentucky went and got two cornerbacks, uh, JQ Hardaway and uh, Jansen Dunn from Ohio state. They also got Ray Davis from Vanderbilt. This will be, they're one time before the spring game where it's like, all right, show us what you can do in a game-like setting. And that's that's kind of rare that you're going to be a guy who's, I don't want to say just like a rarely used reserve, but like Harrison, really the only significant snap we remember is when Valentine got hurt again at Vanderbilt and they had to put in Harrison on the fourth down and he got burnt, right? Like I know, uh, I, I, I'll take up for him. He had pretty decent coverage and the dude pushed off 
I mean, he shouldn't have given up that play regardless. But, like, I, I want to see what he can do with the full game. Andrew Phillips is going to get the start, but he's going to play a lot of nickel. So, Harrison's going to get a lot of run. He's going to get an opportunity to prove that he can be a key reserve in here. And then to go back to where we started, TJ, Destin Wade, it'd be nice if he was good enough that you didn't feel like you needed to go get another quarterback in the transfer portal this offseason. Uh, they have enough wiggle room in the scholarship count to go get one. Uh, if, if you're worried about Devin Leary's de- durability, which he should be, if, if Destin Wade can play competent football, not turn the ball over against a really good Iowa defense, then you, you'll you know a lot more about your team going into the 2023 season. So uh, that, that depth chart at least got me in the right frame of mind to know the personnel we're going to see on Saturday and also how it can play a uh, play an important role for what we're going to come to know in 2023. All good points and points that I agree with. I just don't think that makes the – like it, it's still a crappy bowl game. You know, like you're just finding positives of a yeah, game. yeah. And, well, and the, right. the, the they way are that I've, something it, to at least look for, but I'd still rather it be the Citrus Bowl against Penn State, or you know what we were talking about going into last year's bowl game instead of the situation the Cavs. Right. This year. Well, instead of uh, it being the let's cap off a great season with a big win, uh, it's more of like you're just already looking ahead to the next season and. Uh, some have called it like a spring game against another opponent. That's a good way to look at it as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you are having to spin it instead of just looking at at, at it as a awesome postseason game from a good 2022 season. Because fact is, TJ, it wasn't a good like it was a fine 2022 season, but it wasn't what we ex- hoped and expected. Yeah, I think it is a totally fair point that like if Wade is going to be the guy, sounds like he will be. That that's probably going to that's pretty big sample size for Liam Cohen and UK is do we need to go find a backup in the portal? Do we need to go bring somebody else in? How do we recruit this position moving forward? Which they still probably need to go after it as if, you know, they're bringing in a freshman that could start. Ideally, you never want that to be the actual case, but it's not a bad philosophy in terms of you're so good. We think you could come in here and compete for the starting job. But I'll be anxious to see him, and hopefully he does live up to the expectations. For the quarterback position, cornerback, not quarterback, uh, people always have a tough time with that, myself included. Yeah, I I like the, I mean, similar boat as the QB position, uh, but your task with having to stop the potent Iowa passing game. Uh Uh-oh. Big opportunity there. Well, like, yeah, it should be easy to put out some good tape against this. <laughs> right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is a good opportunity. Uh, I, Scooch, there's a little part of me that just wants to bet the over and have a really fun New Year's Eve. I would not do that. I just wouldn't. When when that, when that an under is this low, they say Vegas cannot go low enough. So, I'm betting the under. You do but what you want. Don't you like want. to live dangerously sometimes? Uh, not with my betting game, no. I, I, I'm kind of with you, TJ, especially because here's the thing. Oh, my gosh. Y'all are out of control. These third-string quarterbacks, like, uh, all it takes is just a couple of turnovers in their own red, red zone, right? Like, defense and special teams can create scoring opportunities with these inexperienced quarterbacks. So, like, I actually think that it's more apt to get kooky because the defenses are so good than it is to just be a, a – a no scoring affair. That's a great point. That's a great point. You could have some 
turnovers. You have defenses forcing punts inside their own 10-yard lines. You get a bad punt. Offense starts on the 39 or something like that. Uh, could be a big field goal game, which I think the Governor's Cup should make Cats fans feel a little bit better if it does turn into a kicking contest. And then uh, you never know. Maybe Barry and Brown gets loose. Maybe they Ooh, just throw a jump ball to Dane Key, and we know what Dane Key can do with those jump balls. So uh, I, I'm, I think I'm going to – not because I necessarily think it's going to happen, but wouldn't that be fun if UK wins and the over hits, it's New Year's Eve, and I have like an extra 100 bucks in my pocket or something. It'd be, it'd, it'd be a thrill. And then every point, even if Kentucky did give up a point, it's still, you know, kind of the, the emotional hedge, if you will. Which, if UK gives up a ton of points to Iowa, Roush, I'm not going to be okay with that. Right, right. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be something. It teach- I, I also, the more research I've been doing too, their kicker and their punter are awesome. They, their, their kicker has the best kicking percentage in the Big Ten. Um, 16 of 18 this year. Just kicked a couple of 50 yarders. Their punter is second team All American. So like. Defense special teams is going to play a big role in this game. Is that the same kicker they had last year? Sorry, Scoots, go ahead. No, freshman. No, he's a freshman. This guy. If if you want extra money in your pocket, extra hundred dollars in your pocket that day, bet on Kentucky to cover against Louisville. That would be my advice. But you don't even know what the line is. And, I don't need to know the line. Don't need to know the line. U.S. covered two out of the last three, or three two out of the last three. They have Scoots, covered two out of the last three, but they three of the last four. Three of the last four. Really, three, three of the last, of the last four. four? Yeah. Mm. They covered um, the two games they won. Oh, no, 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 no. They didn't cover against Florida a and All right, two of the last four. I'm still betting Louisville. I don't care. Or, I mean, against Louisville. So, did we have this conversation on the air, Scoots, on Thursday? About? About about covering the spread, or was it off the air? Uh, I think it might have been off the air, yeah. Because right now. I the conversation. Yeah, well, it was it was this. It was about betting Kentucky to cover, and obviously the lines don't come out until like 18 hours before tip-off. It's stupid. It's dumb. I hate it so much, and it makes it more difficult to discuss college basketball. But uh, Kim Palm has this game right now as a 24-point game, and I, I trust Kentucky West to cover a 24-point spread than I do uh, – Louisville just to cover period. Twenty four points is a ton of points for this Kentucky basketball team to to win by. It's yeah, but U of L is really really bad. I, mean, I cannot stress enough how bad of a basketball team they are. My issue with the big spread in the UK U of L basketball game is Cal with this boy Kenny. He he's not going to be like he knows Kenny. There's people calling for Kenny's job as is. I don't think he's going to go out there and be like pour it on him, pour it on him, pour it. Keep going, keep going. I think like once Kentucky gets up by thirty, it'll they'll probably just play even from that point. Where like U of L will probably get it down to twenty two at some point. UK will get it back up to thirty, and where it ends up is just a flip of the coin. But I don't think Cal is going to try to win by fifty like he would if it was Patino or anybody really, anybody but Kenny Payne. So I think the fact it's Kenny Payne, he may not be as eager to really pour it on him. But the interesting part is that like. Cal is, you know, Cal's a good friend. I don't think anybody would say otherwise. But it's not like Cal's not getting some heat. You know, he's hearing it himself. So if they go out there and they beat U of L by like 16 and a pretty uninspiring performance, it's like 64 to 48 or something like that. 
then UK fans are going to also just not be mad with a win over U of L, but it, it won't be anything memorable or anything fun. UK fans are going to want blood. They don't care if it's Kenny Payne or not. So Cal's going to be in an interesting spot there. I'll most likely stay away from that, but we don't even know what the spread is yet. So uh, I agree. I think what Roush's number said, somebody asked me, a family member asked me over the holiday weekend, I said like probably 22 and a half or 23. And uh, I think Roush said 24. So it'll probably be in that ballpark. But yeah, 24 I, is the Ken Palm. Yeah. Most likely will stay away. But if UK was trying, like if their, if their goal was to win by as many points as possible, like it is in most basketball games, yeah, they'd have no problem covering that against U of L. The issue will be once you get up by that amount, do you take your foot off the gas? Does Cal play? Some of the backups, you know, how does it go from there? I, and does Cal not want it to be embarrassing for U of L and their players as well? So they did win by 31 against that Paget team. He didn't have any problem running it up against them. That's true. For what it's Paget worth, I would take well. Kentucky's backups over Louisville starters. I mean, I think I would too, Scoots, but by by 24 points. Yeah, you're not talking to me out of that bet. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love, I love a man that's I love a man that's confident. That's me. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> let's read a few Thornton's texts into the show. 502-414-1450. Nick's former ex-boss won't rest until Cal is gone. That much is clear. Coming in hot. Yeah, yeah I know. What a, what a start to the text line. Why do people keep glossing over Lavelle Wright? He has had some great runs and is good at picking up blocks in the backfield. Seems like he just gets forgotten about when talking about next year. He, he, um, he left me wanting more when we saw him this year. And maybe, uh, maybe it was because he got thrown into the mix so soon, but he got asked to play some quality reps early in the year and he did not. He, he left me wanting more. So, uh, we'll we'll see with him. We'll see with him. I, I I was pretty optimistic in the preseason. He got he got an early opportunity and and uh, did not make the most of it. So I, I would like to see more from Lavelle Wright. Another texter on the Thornton text line jumped up on me or jumped down, I should say, on me again. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty says. Incessant negativity and poop talking the coach after a 20 point win. Good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, <laughs> just telling you how I feel. Just telling you how I feel. Uh, which, by the way, the, so what really grinded my gears, TJ, was the, uh, it was mostly just the like, I'm going to play Chris Livingston at the four, like saying it over and over again and then like refusing to do it. Um, yeah, and then yeah. saying, we're going to play. It's, it's not. It's because it's not fair to him because he's never played it before. So let me play somebody that's never played it before in a do Thierro. I don't know. He, right. Like, you're too smart for that. I'm sorry. I love you. You're too smart for this. Why are you letting what he says bother you? Because he, his words should mean something. Like, they can't just mean absolutely nothing. And so, like, when he says it over and over again, and it's the one thing that I think can really help this team, and then he just doesn't even try it. I just don't understand it. I just don't. He, he's not doing those lineups right now. And I don't, I just, I don't know the people that let his words like literally impact like knives. I just find so weird, you know, cause you don't have to let it do it. I, it's, it's just nonsense talk. I mean, it just is, it's just nonsense talk when he does some of the, when he, when he's talking about some of those lineups, cause he's just messing with people like and he, he's just messing with people. So to say that he wants to play a dude, the arrow at the four and Livingston at the three, which he did repeat last night on his, it like, is uh, complete show. and total nonsense. 
But you know what? I don't even care. I, I don't care. Then fine, do it. Uh, do that. I'm fine with that. It'll have the same result when it's all. If you you're still playing, we're still having Chris Livingston be the second biggest big out there. So good. If if he's at the three and the arrows at the four, it's whatever. A reporter should ask Calipari though about the about positionless basketball, and not like to try to get him or anything like that. But they should say is do you no longer believe in the positionless basketball philosophy? Because here we're talking about Livingston at four. The fans want him at the four. You want him at the three. You've got the arrow at the four. Most people consider him, you know, a two or a three. Is what happened to positionless basketball? Because I would just be curious what his answer on that would be. Um, it, it could be a jar a jargon nonsense answer. Probably odds are it could be. But I, I just I would really stop letting his like his his roster mumbo jumbo bother you. Because you're not the only one. A lot of people get bothered by that stuff. It's just cow talking nonsense. I, I know, and I, it like I typically do just kind of like, all right, it's just cows kind of BS. But like there, there, there does come a point where I'm like, when he says that, it makes me think like, does he not see what we're all seeing? Like, I'm right there with you. Like I, I, I don't. There, it's either stubborn or it's just stupidity is probably not or just wrong because. I mean, playing Livingston at the three, Ware at the four, and Oscar at the five, it's just not a good lineup right now. And Ware's working hard. Like, I've been impressed by Ware. He's the in the first half of the season, but the second half of the first half comeback player of the year. We've got it printed on a shirt. We're going to give it to him. It's been a nice emergence for him over the last couple of games. It still isn't the answer to UK's offensive problems. And the answer to that is playing Wheeler, Wallace, Reeves and Livingston I mean, that's your best and then Oscar obviously that's your best five he'll come to that realization at some point I don't know what he's doing right now but we got to go to an hour break hour two coming up next we'll continue this conversation uh Kentucky Roll Call and Big Exports Radio TJ Walker Nick Rouse Over? You say over? I heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. We're on the FM side of the radio, 96.1, and we are on the AM side as well, 1450. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Fun first hour, but I do have to start hour two by apologizing to Nick Roush. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh. For what? Because I, 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 I wasn't trying to steamroll your accurate and correct point. Words do matter, and I think I'm probably giving Cal more of a pass because I like him. I, my my sentiment is correct. Like you shouldn't let words bother you just off the get go. That being said, like he also should, what he says should matter. Like I mean, he he should care about that stuff. Like yes, you can sometimes do some gamesmanship, and that's fine. 
And even sometimes kind of poking some fun at the media, I think, is totally cool. I've got no issue with that. Go go to town for all I care. But, like, doing the, the lineup mumbo-jumbo really is annoying. It's, it is just it, – it's nonsensical. And while I give it a pass, is like I'm not going to let it bother me just because I'm not going to let another person's words about a sports game bother me. You're right to say – you're right to make a stink about it. And so I wasn't trying to steamroll you there at the end of hour oh. one. I'm sorry. No, no worries, pal. Uh, but I, I do think that it's the um, uh, like this isn't just a me having a, a personal gripe. Like I think that it's the biggest, most contentious point we have right now between Cal and the fan base. Like some of those just don't. Uh, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So that that's where I think a lot of the frustrations are because. For for most of us, like we see this team, and we aren't stupid. We watched them last year; they were pretty darn good. You have a lot of the same pieces back. You have some new good ones, and yet things aren't meshing. And we feel it feels like it's because the lineup choices, the lineup selections have just been off. And we want Cal to fix it. And right now, he's just not done anything to give us confidence that that's going to happen. So I, I really think that that's where a lot of the malaise the angst and the fan base is all kind of centered around this who he's playing when how they're being used totally fair and and, uh, on top of that fans just want to win they want it to look fun and they want a team that has the returning national player of the year to reach the its preseason potential and we're all impatient in this sport we're all impatient in sports it doesn't doesn't even have to be college basketball we are all sports fans are just built to be impatient and you see that across the board in sports, whether it's contracts, whether it's even, you know, the whole thing. It, it, it's all built around uh, the fans' experience, and the fans want to be satisfied uh, immediately. And that's the same for UK fans with this basketball season, especially with the preseason buildup. It hasn't, it hasn't clicked yet. And I hate being the one to do this, but, like, we just we have to be patient. I hate being the one that, have to, that has to kind of go against our national, our natural build and the way that sports are designed, but it's true. And especially more so in college basketball than any other sport. It matters in college football to be good in September. Yes. Teams should get better as the season goes on, but those games theoretically on the schedule matter just as much at the beginning as they do at the end. And when you're playing for bowl pecking order, you need to win them just as much in September as you do in November, ideally. Uh, now, you can have a bad month and make it up, obviously, but that's still going to cost you somewhere down the road. In college basketball, something may cost you down the road. Something may help you down the road, but it's all about playing your best ball in March. It's all about being as connected as a unit in March. And Kentucky, and even when Cal's been here as long as he's had now, you, you don't have to do it just in U.K. basketball senses. You can do it even just in the Calipari era. He's had teams that have clicked in March. And they've made runs, and it's been really fun. He's had teams that haven't played their best basketball in March, and usually it's been pretty early outs. Um, Last season, a perfect example of a team that just wasn't playing its best basketball, and unfortunately, you saw what ended up happening there. So while it stinks right now, while I do agree that when he says some of the nonsense things that he says, it just makes me want to pull out what little hair I have, but it's not worth getting upset about, it doesn't matter. Like 
what matters is this team going out there tomorrow night in Columbia and looking good. And hopefully he plays the right lineups. Hopefully at some point he the evidence is just far too bright for him to ignore. He's got to play the right people. But we all want the, the, this to turn around. We all want it to look a little bit better. The good news is, and it's something that a lot of people just don't want to admit, we have two and a half months for it to happen. And yeah, you need to see progress, and yeah, you need to see some good things, but you have two and a half months before you really need it to be where it needs to be, Roush. And it's something we all don't want to have to remind ourselves. Yeah, and there's also the, like, uh, man, it, it feels like it, it sneaks up on you, too. Because um, just like that, I mean, we're, SEC play is here, mm-hmm. and there's games you can just kind of mess around and throw out the crazy lineups that's just not that it's not going to be a thing so um hopefully cal gets it together gets it back on track uh, I'm, i've got my fingers crossed i'm, I'm hoping that's cal, the case. get it but right I, buddy I, yeah. I think to one one and while i'm the one that wants to remind people to be patient and i think that's true because again it just it's March. You got to be playing your best basketball in March. I think part of the issue is like it's a, it was a it's a tough schedule, a tougher schedule, and unfortunately Kentucky hasn't looked. They they haven't. They've only won one of those tough games, uh, and it was probably the easiest of the bunch. When are those games going to start mattering, or when are you going to start seeing the the benefits from those games yeah. where? Right, right. Where you're you're seeing some positive consequences from scheduling difficult. Right exactly. now, it's just got like it's just got us all pissed off for the lack of a better term because they haven't been playing well in those games. So you you should see some positive developments from that, and we just haven't yet. Yeah, and that's well said. You you hey, you made a good run against Gonzaga. Why aren't we seeing that fight more frequently? Uh, you found a way to close out a game against Michigan. Why, you know, why when you tied things up against UCLA did things go so poorly? That's one, I think, fair criticism is that it just, it on any given night, it could look as disjointed as it did in game number one or game number 10. And that's, that's a concerning trend. Now it could, that could, you could snap your fingers and on Wednesday night, it just clicks and things look good and then things take off and you go through a January run like you did last year. It's probably optimistic thinking. We don't have a ton of evidence to suggest that's going to happen. But my point is it really can't, if you want to put together multiple good games, well, it's got to start somewhere. So maybe on the road at Columbia in Columbia against Missouri, a good, a good surprisingly good, I should say Tigers team. That'd be a good place to start. Then you'd blow out Louisville, and and I think folks could start getting a little bit more excited. Yeah, so yeah, it'd be solving all of UK basketball's issues. Couple wins, couple wins would go a long way. So uh, I'm fired up. Let's let's. I'll, I'll be down in Nashville when that happens. Hopefully, uh, hopefully getting rowdy with some Kentucky fan Ooh. friends. So yeah, you'll be so- Nashville Wednesday night for the Cats game. When are you going down there? Uh, they practice at two forty-five, so I'll have to be there by then. Um, the football team does, so You're, you'll leave Wednesday morning. Yeah, yeah. So leaving Wednesday morning after the show, uh, getting on down there, going to practice, and then uh, finding a spot to watch the game. So I guess, I guess Kentucky fans are just kind of everywhere down there. I figured the tin roof in Midtown would probably be a uh, a good spot to watch the game, but I actually 
uh, I, I think uh, I think some other KSR people did. I think uh, Drew might be in there for the game. So I don't know. Could it be in a good time? Not not sure if Luckett's going to be there or not. But e- either way, we're gonna, we're going to have ourselves some fun watching the Cats uh, beat beat, the, beat up those Tigers from Missouri. Oh, let's do an impromptu and incredibly controversial top five cities to live and be a UK fan. Oh, um, I would think Lexington would Lexington should be one. Number one is Lexington. Number two is Louisville. Number yeah. three has got to be Nashville. I would think that, so. You could make yeah. a case that you could probably pick a thousand cities in Kentucky, but I think where I think the city matters and Nashville. While very expensive, uh, is a is it would be a cool place to live. So what Nashville, about Cat, what about Cat City, as Quad A Green called it? <laughs> is that Atlanta? Yeah, Catlanta. I think we called it Catlanta, and he that said Cat City. In, that slides in at number four. I don't think too much controversy so far with these four. Jacksonville would have to be part of the discussion. When I lived down there, there were so many freaking Kentucky fans. Unfortunately, Jacksonville is not in the top 25, Scoots. Well, there's a lot of Kentucky fans there. <laughs> there's just a lot of Kentucky people in general that are retiring to Florida. So, like, trying to pick one, that would be tough. Number five, I'm going Chicago. A lot of Caps fans in Chicago. Boo! Oh, pon- Pony's a lot of fun to watch a game there. Or to yeah. party before or after a game there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of no people doubt. go to Jack Dempsey's, too, but uh, in New York City, so... Big time. New York, big city. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a fun ranking. Top five cities to live as a Kentucky fan. That you're gonna have a you're you're gonna have a good time Wednesday night. Oh boy, you're gonna be like leading the you're gonna be <laughs> well, I was gonna say if the cats lose, you're you're gonna be like, This is horrible. Boo! You're gonna be leading the booze if it goes south. You'll be lead- yeah, either way, you're gonna be leading the charge. It's going to be a close game. I, I can't really imagine UK going on the road and getting a big blowout win. It would be nice. Like if, if they, and I, I did not anticipate us previewing Missouri this much on this episode of uh, Kentucky Roll Call on the Big Exports Radio. But like, I could also see it being one of those games where they're just in Fuego. I mean, if we get another case of Wallace game like that, like, whew. I will say they, 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 it's going to be good and bad for Kentucky. Uh, they, Play fast. They try to do a bunch of one-on-one stuff. I'll save in most of this stuff for tomorrow. Uh, they do a bunch of cuts, so that's not going to be great. I mean, Kentucky will certainly get lost on a few possessions, and people will be out of sorts because Cal will play three bigs at the same time, and they have a tough time guarding out on the perimeter, and Missouri will expose some of those matchups. But when they – a lot of the passes they make, they just – I mean – they're going through passing lanes and the way that Wheeler can jump some of those routes and get a hand on a ball, but especially case and Wallace, it, they're, Kentucky should be pretty good in the fast break and transition points uh, and probably get a force uh, several turnovers and get quite a few steals as well. But yeah, they're going to also probably give some of that back and, and get beat on some back doors. You got to be really disciplined against this Missouri team. And uh, I don't know if Kentucky's there just yet defensively, but, yeah, I was saving all that for tomorrow. So, hope everybody's ready for repeat tomorrow. Uh, Should we get to the text line? Yeah, let's go to the Thornton's. Pretty electric line. there early in the uh, the text. So, and let's go to Thornton's too. Love Thornton's is a great place. Mm-hmm. Really, really is. A texter says the show was honestly a joke today, <laughs> referring to last Thursday. Oh, 
Suck uh, it, pal. A couple thoughts on yesterday's game and the season as a whole. Oscar is about 70% of what he was last year. That's a huge issue. And there was some really good action to get open looks for CJ the other night. I thought the movement was really, really good. Um, they'll, they'll go through kind of some spurts. Well, they'll, they'll run. I don't – you can call them sets if you will. But just the action that they're doing works, and it opens something up. I thought that they've done that this season pretty pretty well in a whole. It all really comes down to lineups for me for the most part. Uh, and, and maybe some people not reaching their potential or really having quote-unquote big games yet. But it, it's mostly lineups for me. I, I don't really have an issue with effort, don't have a bit, huge issue with energy. Uh, I agree that Oscar's had some bad, you know, bad games for his standards. He hasn't, you know, he's inside. I think I'd like him to make a few more shots than he's made. But you just got to play the right people well, at the right times, Roush. I think it's and, that simple. And at the right places. Like, when you have, like, Xavier Wheeler and Ugana doing pick-and-roll action, it's just like, I, how can I expect this to be a scoring threat right now? I think that's kind of fun. We know Wheeler can get to the basket and do some shifty layups and makes and stuff, and then if the defense cl- closes in on Wheeler, he just has to throw it somewhere in the vicinity of outer space to let that uh, Ugo come down with it. Well, and it can work if there's shooters ready and waiting if that action doesn't work. It doesn't work if Lance Ware is just out in the corner. No, you're right. It, it, you can't have the pick and roll go into like three more bodies. Yeah, it's which, be, that, that, that's, that's, that's where we get to the lineup player. part. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. And you're right. It does. I mean, ultimately, that does kind of come back with the lineup. I like that. I like that he's given more people more chances. I'm all for that. If somebody, you know, if Toppin goes out there and for three minutes he's not let, I'm not picking him on him just to pick on him. But if he goes out there and three minutes he looks terrible, then get that butt on the bench and let somebody else go out there and give it a go. And then after, you know, a few minutes, if they can't really seem to put it together, then you can try somebody else. I, I would be, and he's doing more of that. And I like that. The issue is have the right construction of guards versus bigs and shooters. He, he doesn't see any sort of need for balance there. It's And that's a huge issue. There has to be balance or else the whole thing just doesn't even work. So that's where my biggest issues are with this team. But as I've mentioned and as I tell myself, two and a half months to figure it out. They've got time. A lot of time. Texture Another says, texture says, oh. watching Iona in Seattle in Hawaii, seeing Rick rip his team apart for defensive effort after they just forced a turnover in front of about 11 people. I miss it. Oh, man. Could have been a Rutherford show. Might have been a Rutherford show, yeah. Uh, still, though, I, I, I miss having Ricky three stacks around. Well, Just, like stomping around on the ground. It, it's probably not going to be around in a geographic sense, although I guess not entirely impossible. But he's going to be at a big-time college basketball program next year, or at least a college program that pays a lot of money. Uh, that's going to be fun. Have you seen what uh, Little Rick's doing, Richard? Yeah. They're, they're undefeated. I, I did. I think he had a funny quote where he was talking like, this team, you know, we're, we're not going to win a national championship, but this has been an amazing start. You know, get out, support these guys. I, I'm paraphrasing the quote or getting the quote wrong, I think would be a better way to put it. But um, <laughs> just some nice honesty from the Patinos. 
But that's going to be interesting. Like, come probably Feb. I don't know. Teams are going to try to get in so early on the Rick Patino sweepstakes that I don't think places are going to be able to fire their coaches fast it's, enough. It's it's the John uh, Sean Payton NFL. Oh yeah, rid of Nathaniel Hackett. Didn't wasn't there a report that like Sean Payton has put a staff together? Yeah, like he's already got Vic Fangio as his DC. <laughs> It's crazy. It's like some underworld know. NFL system. It's like in the sewers they meet to come up with their scouting reports as well. Which you, Jerry Jones is like, damn it, Mike McCarthy. If you go around like this, would be the one year that Mike McCarthy like get puts together a couple wins, and Jerry just wants to fire him so he can put Sean Payton in. Oh, um, that's so true. That's like so this true. would be the one time that like the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl and lose because you can't. I don't think you can fire him if they go to the Super Bowl, but you probably could still fire him if he lost the NFC Championship game. Yeah, especially, and most likely would be true, if Mike McCarthy found a way to blow it late in the game. He loved doing that in NFC Championship games. But that may be also just a Green Bay issue, too, because we've done it since he he departed as well, unfortunately. It's true. Uh, Texter says, Packers' red zone offense is so frustrating to watch. Usually just incredibly predictable, and it's – couch coaching for sure potato couch coaching where it's like when i feel like they should run they'll just throw the dumbest pass play of all time or rogers will take a sack and then when i feel like yeah you probably need to throw it here they'll just do a run up the middle where there's nine people in the box um so that that but hey they got the win though and that's all that matters yeah good for them now do what you do pack and beat nfc north teams and let's go playoffing I'm I'm down. I'm totally invested. And if and you if, go to the, like, you the could Vikings. end up playing the Vikings as your playoff team too. You know? I know that'd be great. The only issue is then you'd get the Eagles, uh, and Green Bay is not going into Philly and and beating them. Although they played them all right, but that that's the issue with the reseeding stuff. But oh well, you know, bring it on. If you get to that point, I'd just be over the moon excited. So keep. Keep winning, but no, my luck. The Vikings will put, they'll actually put together like a full good 60 minutes. But I think the Vikings are total frauds. I think most people agree. If if the Packers play the Eagles, are you going to bet Trevor $500? No, <laughs> not very confident. No, I just, I mean, I just got done saying I don't think they'd go into Philadelphia <laughs> and win, but I'd be happy if they got to that point. So bring it on. 200. Scoot, you're the best, buddy. A texter says, a late Christmas parlay that hits. Is there anything better? Oh, that's great. Congrats. It's a Christmas miracle. Really pretty skies on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Did you all notice? Uh, no, it wasn't outside a whole lot. Uh, but I, I did think there was a pretty cool crescent moon on Christmas Eve, if I'm not mistaken. Christmas night for sure, too. Uh, but yeah, it was just. Uh, it sounds like that person just had an amazing Christmas evening. A texture says, do you guys like the new Twitter update with the ability to see how many people have v- viewed your tweets? I don't know if I like it or don't like it, but I'm intrigued by it just because, you know, if you quote tweet somebody that has a ton of followers, your numbers are ginormous. But like, you know, you could have a tweet that's just pure gold and you get poo-poo numbers. So <laughs> I, I think the, the algorithm has me intrigued, but I don't know if I like it or dislike it yet. It kind of ticks me off. Why I like it, or and why I dislike it. But right now, I'm undecided. It ticks me off because you can see that like 500 people have looked at your tweet, but then you look down and you only got two likes. It's like what the hell? <laughs> kind of makes me mad. <sighs> yeah, it's still out for me. 
as well. Yeah. I, I don't really care all that much. I have noticed, though, it feels like new Twitter. I don't get, like, whenever I say something to really tick off another fan base, I don't see as many of their replies. So, like, I, I, fine by me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. TJ and Roush, on a scale of 1 to 10, how were your kids' Christmas? What all did they get that made big-time waves inside the household? Merry Christmas, gents. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Lucy had an amazing Christmas. Like, per, She's at the age, though, like you, you open up a gift for her, and she's maybe just as likely to play with the box as she did the present. But I got her a little fort that's a – it's kind of like a colorful rocket ship, so – and – it's like a tent and she absolutely yeah. loves it. It, get, it has nice. windows and she'll just go up to the window and play peekaboo. And then she'll go down and look back up. And she spent uh, hours in that thing. Um, so she loved that. She loved everything she got, but uh, yeah, she's at the age where she, I think she kind of knew something was up, but obviously no concept of what that was, but she had an amazing Christmas. Roush, how about your kiddos? Uh, they did good um, as far as like being at the party, playing hard, and then going home and sleeping. Frank did not want to fall asleep Christmas night for whatever reason. I guess because he stayed stay up, up and see Santa. Partied so late Christmas Eve. Um, but uh, Duke was uh, it was a big monster truck Christmas for us. He got a couple of monster trucks from Santa, a big ramp. Uh, this was the first year though that he actually. I mean, even. First real anything where he was like, even yesterday, he's like, I want to go over to Grammy's and open some more presents. And it's like, we we opened all the presents. Uh, and really, it was like every toy was great and he was going to play with it. And then he opened the next one. And then that was great. And then he wanted to play with the next one. So uh, so just good, good old-fashioned uh, Christmas fun. Well, a lot of good times were had. That's great. Sounds like successful Christmases uh, for the kiddos. SportsCenter did a brief documentary on how Tyrese Maxey's home caught on fire on Christmas Eve of 2021. I had no idea that happened. Pretty wild. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That is that is crazy. Glad everything turned out okay, I think. I don't Sounds know. like it. Roush, on Friday, you said you disagreed with some of TJ's takes, but at times didn't feel like debating. Thought this was a sports radio show. Care to elaborate? That's a good point. <laughs> You know, sometimes you're just not feeling as, uh, you're, uh, so, some, some days I'm not dying on some hills. That's, how that's, that's just how it goes. That's a good way to put it. And also it's worth remembering that it, it is just a two hour show and we try to, we try to read every text message into the show. So there are some days where it's just like, you know, we could probably get into it there and it may even be solid radio, but we'll save it for another day. Yeah. Yeah, which, speaking of our two-hour radio show, we need to get to our final break. Holy moly, look at the time. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, am I right? Absolutely. All right, one final break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll wrap up the text on the Thornton's text line. You're listening to KRC here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I am good. You know what? You're a lousy kindergarten teacher. I've seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck. Yeah. I want to kiss you 
Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Radio. And you can warm up with some Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Wildly addictive chips. You can get them with hot, spicy salsa. They've got medium for scoots and people that don't like anything too spicy. And they're queso. Creamy, hot, warm, delicious. If you're a guacamole fan, I'm told Salsaritas has the best. Check them out today. Download the app. You'll save time. You'll save money. And remember, the Middletown location has a drive-thru. Make, you, you order it. They make it. It's not anything that's been sitting around or been waiting for somebody to, to order. And then you pull around and boom, it's ready for you. Quick, easy, convenient, and delicious, most importantly. Salsaritas, check them out today. Man, and this is a week two where it's like either leftovers or just go stop at your easiest, most convenient place like Salsaritas. I mean, because mm-hmm. who wants to cook this week? Not me. As, as somebody said, uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, just be as little as productive as possible. Just emulate a couch because who needs to work this week? Nobody. Oh, man. I've got I've to work this week. Yeah, but do you have to work, like, hard, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, do I ever really work hard? Oh, that's a good point. That's yeah. what I, I that I had that thought yesterday because I like I did, I did some work. I probably wrote three or four things and felt good about it. I was like, man, this was an easy day. And then I thought to myself, like, isn't this just what you do all the time? Like for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice though. It's uh, everything else though is slower. Uh, the wife's off all week, which is which is cool. So, um. I don't, yeah, and I won't be working too much. I think today will be busy, and then the, the other days won't be too bad. We'll be doing radio, though, so hopefully you'll be tuning in and joining us on Big X Sports Radio. All right, what do we got on the Thornton's text line? Yeah, roll call. If we lose to Missouri on the road, uh, what is your level of concern of this team in SEC play? Honestly, TJ, it wouldn't uh, change my opinion a ton. Uh but I just don't like the the aftermath. I'm not looking forward to, if that makes sense. Because I I I, I expect this team to lose some SEC road games. I just do. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. They're going to play a lot of really good teams on the road in the SEC. Those those are tough games for any single team in the country. Wouldn't matter if UK was the bona fide number one team in the country. It could be tough spots for a lot of for a lot of teams in a lot of situations. That being said, it could end up being a 2011-like SEC road slate where UK, that's, that's what I'll be anxious to see. Because it's not so, for me, losing stinks. There's no moral victories. But I think a lot of teams will tell on themselves sometimes with how they respond, how they fight, the situations they put them in, and how often they're just getting completely and totally blown out. And most of Cal's best teams, with maybe one exception, I think the 2017 team, 2017 on the lo- on the road loss in Florida wasn't a good one, but that team was still totally and completely dominant. So, like, you can excuse one of them. But 2011, they they fought in all those road games and had chances at the under four timeout, even when foul counts weren't going their way and it wasn't a very deep team to begin with because the 
the Ennis Cantor situation before. A team can tell a lot about themselves by how how close of a loss is, how much they fought in a loss. Did they just give up and roll over? Teams that get blown out a lot, not usually are the teams that make the that win the national championships. I think 2014 UConn got blown out by Louisville several times, and they ended up winning it all. Yeah, uh, but that was a weird year. It yeah. was a super weird year. And you yeah. can also default back. They were just super hot at the right time. It was what it was. So, well, do they get blown out of Missouri? That's going to be one thing. If they lose on a last-second shot, I'll be all right. You know, I'll be fine with it. But you need your, you need wins. You need you need to get the fan base more excited as well. And you also need to continue to improve your resume, not just with wins on the resume, but the computer numbers. And a road win at Missouri would be a quad one win, and that would be good for everybody involved. Yeah, and I, I think the point you make is one that we got to in the last. It's like. Are you at least learning anything from these experiences? Yeah, like there should be a payoff at some point for yeah. some of these games, and we certainly haven't seen it yet. But mm-hmm. as I mentioned, that can change at any time. Oh, oh yeah. Roush, I got to tell you a Christmas story. Oh, uh, did you shoot your out? Ralphie was there. Yeah, I uh, so got my the the gentleman in my family some shady rays for Christmas. Great mm-hmm. gift. Yeah. Oh, um, my brother got some shady rays for Christmas too. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing gift. Uh, they, they all loved it, but I was passing them out and they come in those little cases, which are nice. And they got the little wipes on them. It's just a a, a perfect product. Go to shadyrays.com to see what I'm talking about, but I just didn't want to put them in bags necessarily. So just wrap them in the tissue, the gift wrap paper and pass them out to the family members my brother lost his never even opened oh, already lot no didn't even open them didn't even they got he thinks they got thrown out we think it got thrown out with like other wrapping paper oh gotcha well it's a good thing you can get a replacement pair of shady rays that's what i told him yes you can go to shadyrays.com and when you order you're ordering with confidence because in this that exact situation I'm going to get a replacement pair, and I'm not giving it to Johnny. He ruined it. You got your opportunity, so sorry. I'm going to keep them. But that's that's why they do that stuff. Sunglasses, they you, you can break. You can lose them. You can sit on them. You can leave them at a bar. It's so easy to lose a pair of sunglasses. That's why it's great that you can buy with confidence, knowing that you're going to get a replacement pair with a very small processing fee, and boom, your order just returned to you. Brand spanking new at ShadyRays.com. Do not forget promo code BIGX. Save 25% at checkout. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, I can't believe this Twitter scandal isn't bigger news. They deliberately mark COVID tweets as misinformation that were true but didn't meet a Democratic agenda, the Democrats' agenda. A lot of people should be going to prison. Rash, what do you think about last night's Twitter files? Uh, what I think is... Uh true with most of this stuff is since it's internet we don't have like actual walls to enforce anything so people get away with a lot of stuff that they shouldn't be able to get away with um the the one the ftx guy too the only reason why he's actually going to get thrown in jail is because he pissed off enough people with money whereas like here i don't is there enough big money to piss people off for people to actually go to jail i don't know i don't know this stuff is i mean it, it is crazy 
And Texter, to your point, it's not bigger news because it's all big tech. They're all in on it. It's like we I mean, we really are living in like a government state of what can be processed as information, what can't be, what's on the news, what's a news story, what's not a news story. And I think more people should care about this, but also the government was deciding what businesses had to shut down and what businesses could stay open and what people could wear on their faces. And nobody cared about that. So maybe people just don't care. Maybe people are just like, yeah, the government can watch and censor and decide what's accurate and what's inaccurate and what can be said and what can't be said. And nobody really gives a poop about it. I do, but it doesn't, I seem like I'm in the minority and that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, it's not good. It's not, it's not good. Like it's not good stuff all around. I don't care. I mean, the Trump administration, they were also caught in, in the Twitter files, uh, trying to tell Twitter to take down this, take down that. Um, theirs was more like panic buying sort of stuff. And then it spirals into out of control where if big tech just gives in to what the government tells them to do, then we're not really getting like a freedom of press necessarily. Um, at least not on these, not in these platforms. So it's wild stuff, but Pretty crazy. Yeah. A texter says, John here. Good morning, everyone in Radio Land. Glad you're doing better, TJ. Wow. Guys, we have a busy week ahead with the bowl game for the football cats and not one, but two basketball games for the basketball cats. Tell me, which games are you looking forward to watch and which one will be more entertaining between the bowl games and the cats versus the U of L losers? Well, got to go talk to you later. At ranking the games, I'd put Missouri number one, U of L basketball two, the bowl game three and i think missouri won just because that's the one that i think i know the least of what's going to happen the bowl game i don't know what's going to happen either but it's probably not going to be the prettiest thing in the world and what what's going to really change with this season whether kentucky wins the bowl game or not eight wins or seven wins you know not not the end of the world one way or another so that's probably my pecking order what about you roush um i'm just looking forward to football it's good i, I like Big football. football guy yeah. Yeah. I like football. Although uh I am so they're having the Lexington Catholic holiday tournament is happening this week. And I've seen that field. That looks exciting. And now Brandon Ramsey, who does some work for KSR, he also covers Indiana High School basketball. He's at Richmond High School. If you check out his Twitter page right now, Scoots, I gotta Indiana, you all freaking go all out for your high school basketball. I mean, this gym can hold eight thousand people. It's enormous. And they're just going to be playing basketball there all day. Uh, I, I I do kind of want to catch some of the fever and watch some high school basketball, but I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm going to have any opportunity to or not. Was that a Southport? Richmond High School. Oh, Richmond. Okay, gotcha. The Tiernan Center. wasn't wasn't listening to the school. Yeah, I mean, there's there they do a really huge tournament at Southport every year, so I thought that might be what you were referring to. But yeah, the gyms. At one point, Indiana had eight of the top ten biggest high school gyms in the world. I don't think it's true anymore, but it was a few years ago. I played in a couple of those. They're just they, it's just different. It's a mm -hmm. different world up there. It is. Y'all, are, are you calling any games this weekend? Do you have any big uh, high school hoops? No, I, I'm done till the first week of January. It's been really nice not uh, having to worry about anything. Wow. Two Texers coming right at Scoots while while we've got the big guy on the line. <laughs> I don't think they've played since their last game. Wow, Scoots, you figured that out all by yourself. 
can confirm Eastern Michigan hasn't played since their last game. Sheesh, sheesh, scoots. That uh, clearly didn't come out right. <laughs> since uh, the last game that we had discussed. Correct. Yes, all right. Uh, there, there's a, if we're bringing up wild news stories, there's this dude, George Santos, who ran for Congress in New York. Uh, oh, he's Congressman Alex, so he won. Uh, in the New York Post, he admits some lies and he tries to spin some others. So he he basically, this dude lied on his resume. He pulled a Masiello. Um, one of the quotes is, I never claimed to be Jewish. I said I was Jew-ish. <laughs> <laughs> the dude like actually said that in an interview. And it's even better to the New York Post. So uh, Spencer Hall is, is tweeting out some gems from it. So I'm just going to have to go and dive into that later. Like, I know that he was gay, but I think maybe that was not true. Or he didn't disclose that he was previously married. And that, I remember that was part of it. Are you seeing anything on that? Um, I, I have not. It, it's, okay. it's a it's a lot, though. He just fabricated a lot of stuff in there. Um, okay. He says, I am not a criminal. This will not deter me from having legislative success. I will be effective and good. My sins here are embellishing my resume. I'm sorry. Um, and he chalked it up to a poor choice of words. Uh, he's only 34 years old. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, good that people are getting called out for lying about stuff like that. He, think he of the day and age that of he, internet, that stuff would have already been out, but... Right, right. He he says that he never worked directly for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. Um, it was actually a company called Link Bridge, which did business with both financial groups. So he just lied that he he Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. He worked with them. He didn't work for them. Hmm. Uh, he never graduated from any college, uh, despite claiming to have received a degree from Baruch in 2010. Hey, well, I, I'm pretty sure the last two presidents kind of fibbed about their degrees or class standing. So he could be president someday. Wow. You keep lying, thought? buddy. Your issue oh, is uh, you got caught too young. That's what it was. Is uh, The actual quote was he, he said that on his campaign website that his mother was Jewish and his grandparents escaped the Nazis during World War II. What? I never claimed to be Jewish. I'm a Catholic because I learned my maternal family had a Jewish background. I said I was Jewish. <laughs> oh, man. Very Parks and Rec. Oh, gosh. This guy's real. Wow. He just. Oh, man. Texture totally but, says. But he, it is true that he was married in the past. And he's like, I'm, I'm gay. Uh, so yeah, he, and not that that is like a disqualifier. People can live lies and then you know speak their truth, and 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 that's perfectly fine. Uh, I didn't know if that had turned out to also like be a lie. Well, and I think that that might be what got people in his case. Gotcha. Uh, right, as he, and it probably got him okay with living with lies. So, but man, what a wild story that guy. Whew, man. I'm with Vic on the coach speak, because if you don't mean something, why even say it? This isn't football where you game the other team with injury designations. I mean, you can do that in basketball, but like talking yeah. about playing Livingston at the three and a do at the four, that, you know, that's not what you're doing there. Cal just seems tired of the song and dance, but the UK basketball coach still has to kiss babies and make appearances. That's true. I think that's, that's probably, there's probably a lot of truth to that last sentence there, where he's just sure. like, 
you know, sick of talking basketball with media because he's been doing it now for 50 years, 40 years, however long it's been. Did um, did you see the the happy couple that got engaged over the the weekend? Congrats to uh, C.J. Frederick and Blair Green. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. exciting. And yeah. then Travis Kraft and his family are going to be welcoming a little one in 2023. So congrats to them. Also, this is the turnaround uh, for C.J. Yeah, that's what it is. He was nervous. Yeah. about proposing. And now, now that he's got it out of the way, he's going to be lights out. Hit. Yeah. Oh, I, I had I a friend that. who uh, who also proposed on Christmas morning. He was he was very nervous going into it, and like it's it's different TJ when you're in our position now because you're like, like he was like I just I don't know if she's gonna like the ring, and I'm like dude she's gonna love the ring. Like what do you, no, nobody is just like no take back this ring I don't like it. Like but you know it's, it's those nerves. It's nice. It's sweet. Uh, although he said he woke up like four hours before she did on Christmas morning and couldn't go back to sleep because he was nervous, which that no. just sounds like a nightmare. Aside from Valentine's Day, is there a more cheesy day to propose than Christmas? Wow. Scooch from the top rope. Yeah. I feel like Christmas would be nice. Although, here's the thing. Uh, as one of my uh, friend's divorced dad said, you don't want to combine the two because then if you split up, then you're just thinking about that all the time. That that was that's a good way to phrase it. I was trying to express that, but I didn't know how to do it. That that's exact. Yeah, it could create like it could just kind of alter the holiday that's already there, and you already have such years of memories. My sister got proposed to on Christmas, and I, I you know I've I've thought uh, I've thought whether if that's Good, bad. I mean, teach their own, obviously. Whatever makes everybody happy. We did like a week or well, I guess eight days before Christmas, because that way we knew we were going to be seeing everybody at the holidays, and you could just show off the ring and like do that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, you you know, people like being around their families for all that stuff. So it's it's a nice. That's another good point. It's an easier way to get everybody, like two families together, which can be hard enough to do as is. But Christmas time, everybody's coming in town, so that's another reason to do it. Just do whatever makes you happy, I suppose. A texter says, do radio people ever feel bad about making up personal events in their lives to make their shows more entertaining? You have to worry about that on old Kentucky Roll Call, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we would make up stuff in our personal lives? What would we make up? I played pickleball yesterday. That's, like just a, that's a true story. That uh, sounds made I, up, I, DJ. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's not more entertaining. Uh, I'm pretty good at pickleball. It was fun. I'm not very polished, so I could certainly stand to get a lot better. But uh, I love it. It's a pretty solid workout, too, for an old man like me. I might have to give it a try at some point. You would be good. You'd be a good pickleball player. Scoots, I don't think you'd be bad either. You've got quick feet. I do not have quick feet. No, I, my worst sport in my whole life has always been tennis. I don't think I'd be much better at pickleball. Are you good at ping pong? No. Oh, God, no. No, horrible. Okay. Right. Well, maybe, so maybe. It's just any, any form of tennis. If there's a paddle, Trevor, I'm able. Trevor versus Scoots, one-on-one pickleball. I would take the win. Wow, I think you would, too. Because <laughs> there, there's not a ton of, I mean, there is, there, there's a decent amount of moving in pickleball, but... It's not none, so Trevor would have a tough time. I'm at the point where I'm going to be disappointed if Wade doesn't start and it's pretty good. If he can't do that, man. 
I mean, he's also going up against a top 10 defense where like their two linebackers have combined for 200 plus tackles this year. Like they're the two best linebackers in the big 10. It's pretty crazy. So um, I know they have one all American out, one all American safety out, but uh, the one kid rally Moss, he's, he's a, they're going to be an NFL player. Like they got, they got some dudes over there. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. That's our show. We'll talk more about the bowl game and UK versus Missouri tomorrow. Podcast listeners, get your text into the Thornton's text line anytime that you're listening, 502-414-1450. And thanks for everybody that texted in this morning. We'll see you on a hump day edition Wednesday tomorrow, 7 a.m. This is KRC. I'm Big X. Oh, God. Oh, God.